Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? series called The Christian Checklist. It's under our Spiritual Corner category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation.com.
the foundation. That is J-A-E-F dot foundation. God told Joshua something in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 that I believe most Christians overlook. You see, Joshua had been given the responsibility to lead the children of Israel into the promised land to possess it. And God was giving him some last minute instructions before they set off. So picture yourself as the commander in chief. How would you as the commander in chief instruct your army general who is heading out to the battlefield? I'm sure most of us would be looking over battle strategy, tactics, and so forth. However, God's last departure instructions to Joshua seem to be both ironic and iconic. God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in this book day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in this book, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. The book of the law that God was referring to wasn't a book containing fighting instructions and battle tactics. No. The book of the law was a combination of God's moral laws, civil laws, and sanitary laws. Interesting right? I think so. However, I want to draw our attention to these specific phrases used by God in verse 8. He said, the law. Now today, to ask Christians, this means God's instructions. Then he also said, meditate day and night. This is a suggestion of a daily routine. Practice remembering these laws, meditate them, ponder them. He also said, observe to do all of it. Put, it in, put them into action. Put God's statutes into action daily. Then by, do, by doing all the above, it's inevitable that whatever you do, you will prosper and have good success. Whether it's a business relationship, romantic relationship, mental health, finances, leadership, physical health, you name it. Just like Joshua was guaranteed good success in possessing a foreign land, likewise God guarantees us good success if we meditate and do all of his statutes. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that, but understand this, that in the last days will come set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. And Peter also told the scattered believers around the world to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. With this in mind, and the awareness of the times, that we currently live in today. As a Christian, you can no longer afford to just wake up and dash out of the door. You need to remind yourself daily that you are like a soldier going out to the battlefield and whether or not you get back home to your family depends on the kind of armory that you go out with 
on the battlefield. Whether you like it or not, accept it or not, as a Christian out in the world today, you need to be thoroughly equipped before you encounter the day. In fact, I like to think of it as it's kill or be killed. So the Christian checklist is just a guide that you can use to stay sharpened and well-rounded in the different areas of your Christian walk. The Christian checklist will help you cover your spiritual blind spots. We hope this series blesses your heart. So open up your heart and mind and let's dive in. Cause the light has shown us No fear's big enough to own us We were never meant to fit in these folders Know this, I ain't scared of these poses Over time we all face opponents They thought they could mess with this focus They forgot the end of the climb's the coldest Know this, life's a battlefield of moments Hold this We are and no one hears We persevere As we approach the line We march through all those fears That kept us here Walls, you can't hold us. If we just keep running away, we'll never make it alive. Till we stand and we fight, aim fire and blow it away. We're storming enemy lines, leaving no one behind. Welcome back to episode four of the Christian Checklist. We are talking about how we should start being methodical about our Christian believers walk of faith. And one of the things we introduced in the last couple of episodes was was this concept that just like people who work in very high risk environments, likewise, based on the biblical timeline of the end times, we should see to it that we have all our bases covered. It is easy for us to get too comfortable in the parts of our Christian walk that don't really stretch us and end up paying very little attention to the other areas of our Christian walk which creates blind spots and weak links in the chain of our armor. So with this Christian checklist, it's a tool that we can use to routine to do routine tune-ups in different areas of our believer's walk of faith. Many a times you can find Christians who, for instance, they focus, they might choose to focus on the healing 
side of the gospel and be very weak when it comes to the area of their finances and living in abundance as God desires for them. Scripture says, beloved, I pray that I pray that that above all, this is from 3 John 2, that thou mayst prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Really, when it comes to the Christian walk, actually, these three curses that Jesus Christ has redeemed us from. Because of the fall of man, there were three curses that came into the world. There was spiritual death. That means our spirits being separated from the spirit of the Father. There was sickness and disease. And then there was the curse of poverty and luck. So there's really three categories of things that we have to deal with as human beings on this planet. Spiritual death, sickness and disease, and poverty and luck. That's why Thad John says, Beloved, I pray that above all you may prosper. He's, he's, he's talking about overcoming poverty and luck. So he's saying, I pray above all that you may prosper and be in health. He's talking about the second, the second category of curses, which is everything, sickness, disease, pain, all of that. Trauma, all, everything is under there. But he's going to say, as thy soul prospers. So when he talks about your soul prospering, he's talking about overcoming spiritual death. That means talking about salvation, but not just salvation from the standpoint of eternity or eternal life. He's talking about your, the well-being of your soul, you know, uh, as well. So everything that has to do with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost falls under that. So these three areas, three categories that as Christians, with these three bases that we always need to cover, but yeah, these three bases that we really need to cover according to scripture. So in most cases, you can find someone who is, you know, they... They, they don't live in sin, but they're not very strong when it comes to the area of divine healing. They're always at the doctors. You know, sickness is always trying to come on them and they don't know how to fight it off. They're always on medication. You know, they're just not really doing well when it comes to their physical health. So that's a blind spot. You know, so spiritually, they're doing okay in a sense of they're born again, they're saved, they're going to heaven. And, you know, they don't live a life, a life of sin. Maybe they're generous and this and that. But when he, they, they have a lot of health complications in their life. They haven't been able to activate uh, or get revelation of the gospel of divine health. And then you can find other people that are, can they have revelation of the gospel of healing and divine health 
so they're never sick, but maybe they still struggle with some kind of lusts of the flesh that they really shouldn't. They should be a mature Christian and they should be able to not easily give into the temptation of sin. You know, whether it be it uh, drugs and alcohol, pornography, lying, stealing, cheating, all of these things. So for them, that becomes their blind spot. And then you can have someone who is maybe has a revelation of the gospel of healing, is not living in sin, but they are broke. You know, they, they're always paying their bills last minute. They are, they can't really pay their bills in full. They are in debt. They're under financial pressure. You know, like everything is last minute for them as a family or they can't, you know, they're just not doing well financially. So that's a curse that this person has to realize that Christ has redeemed them from the curse of poverty and lack. And that's why 3 John says, Beloved, I pray above all that thou mayst prosper. So, you know, some people seem to be turned off anytime you now use the word prosperity, but I've got news for you. It's part of the gospel, whether you like it or not. Um, it's one of the packages of our salvation. You know, scripture says God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Uh, my God shall supply all my needs according to his, uh, the Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want, you know, so many, so many, so many scriptures of, of men and women of God in scripture living in financial abundance. In fact, the scripture also says, when you have possessed the land, you shall, you shall not say that it is by my own hand, by my power that I've gotten this wealth, but thou shalt remember that it is the Lord thy God that gives thee power to make wealth. Why would God give you power to make wealth if wealth was a bad thing, if being prosperous was a bad thing? And this is one of the problems that Satan somehow always convinces the body of Christ to just stand on the gospel. The gospel is not just about sin or redemption from sin. It's not just about eternity. Yes, what do you have to tell to someone who's not struggling in sin and they've already secured their eternity in heaven? They need to listen. They need to hear the, the, the gospel on how to prosper that God wants them to live in abundance because the scripture in, in Deuteronomy 8, 18 there says, thou remember that it is the God that is the Lord thy God that gives thee power to make wealth that he may establish his covenant. That says that we're going to need to be, to have a certain amount of wealth to establish the covenant of God. It's what his word says. So I don't know how you want me to read that. I think it's self-sabotage if you read certain scriptures like that and you intentionally try to get people to not focus on them, but you want them to focus on like, yeah, don't sin, don't commit adultery, don't do that. That's okay. But if a person is not struggling with sin, what next? I, look, I like to look at the Christian walk as 
let's say you're going through college. You know, once you're through, um, once you've passed um, first year, I mean, it's just inevitable that you should move on to second year um, subject material. So if someone comes and becomes born again and sin is not something they struggle with, they don't struggle with pornography, they don't struggle with adultery, fornication, and cheating on their wife or, or their husband or all of this stuff, you know, but they're struggling with divine healing and being prosperous. Like, it is wicked for us to start condemning people who are actually interested in the ways that God wants them to prosper. Because God talks about it all the time. But now we're trying to shove it under the carpet. That's what they did to tongues. Satan got people to believe that speaking in tongues was of the devil. Now you have people who are scared to pray in tongues. So he stole that. You had Satan trying to tell people that divine healing is gone. That Christians should also be... Should, divine healing is for us. Divine healing. Christians should be walking in divine healing. That should be in your checklist. Divine healing. Walking in divine healing. Not being sick. Not needing surgery. None of this. Not relying on medication. That should be on your checklist. You should be checking in. You should be doing what scripture tells you to walk in divine healing. Likewise, God wants you to prosper. Don't listen to these other people who are now trying to taint the gospel of prosperity and turning it into like it's a doctrine of the devil. No, it's not. Scripture says God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. He, he moved the children. <laughs> he, it says Abraham... He told Abraham, and in blessing, I'll bless thee. And in multiplying, I'll multiply thee. I'll make you wealthy. I'll make you prosperous. That was his covenant. That was his agreement to, 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 to Abraham. If you read it in other translations as well, if you want to. That's from Genesis. So God is the one who set it up, the gospel of prosperity. So I don't think we should beat people over the head that want to walk in prosperity, that want to pay their bills ahead of time, that don't want to be in debt. I don't think that's wrong. This is what God told to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you with abundant increase of favors and make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity or happiness upon you, and curse him that curses or uses insolent language towards you. In you will all the families and kindred of the earth be blessed, and by you they will bless themselves. And then, right there in that same chapter, to show you that this blessing, these words that the Lord had spoken over Abraham went into effect immediately. It goes on to say when Abraham had gone down to Egypt in verse 16, it says, 
And Pharaoh entreated Abram. This was before his name was changed to Abraham. And Pharaoh entreated Abram well for Sarah's sake. And he had sheep, oxen, he asses, men servants, maid servants, and she asses, and camels. And then right in the next chapter, chapter 13, it says, And Abram went out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. And Abram, this was even before he became Abraham. It says, And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. So God turned Abraham into a prosperous man. He put a blessing of prosperity unto him. The blessing of Abraham contains prosperity. It contains redemption from spiritual death. It contains uh, redemption from sickness and disease. So don't let these ignorant people try to uh, uh, shut you out of the gospel of prosperity. I don't care if right now it may not be apropos to even use that word. This is once again the body of Christ fighting within itself. This is once again the body of Christ. Uh, it's the same way that it has always been. When people started believing and standing on divine health and saying, I did not get sick. You know, no sickness or disease will come near my dwelling. And other Christians started looking at them weird saying, what do you mean you don't get sick? But it's in the Bible. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. If he's going to take sickness away from the midst of you, that means you can get to a point where you don't even fall sick, where the sickness has been taken away from the midst of you. So don't let these Christians have you have your mind only on adultery, fornication, stealing, and whatever. If you if you're not struggling with these things in your Christian walk, move on and upgrade to the other areas of divine healing, of living in abundance. Because guess what? God said, for it is me that gives you power to make wealth that he may establish his covenant. Anyways, so you can see that when we get too comfortable in one part of the Christian walk, we can easily become weak in other areas of our Christian walk. And... What I wanted for us to do uh, also in the last episode, just to quickly recap, we spoke about this flow process and we said most people move, Christian believers move according to their feelings. But I was challenging you and encouraging you to say, start being spirit dominated. Whenever you start to think of who you are as a human being, stop thinking body, mind, spirit, or body, soul, spirit. Anytime you think about your existence on this planet, always think that you are a spirit being who has a soul and who lives in a body. Let your default setting be set on spirit. Spirit, 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 spiritual things, spiritual things. I'm a spirit. I'm a spirit being. I'm a spirit being that lives in a body and I have a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, inside your soul, these mind, will, and emotions, these emotions, these feelings, 
as I was saying in the last episode, it's very easy for them to change. Feelings change based on the information, the latest information. If 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 the news, if if the stock market news comes and says the economy is doing well, you're gonna feel good about it. You're gonna be in a good mood because you invest if you if you have any investments in that. But if the news changes at 12 o'clock from what it said at nine o'clock, guess what? The moment you receive that and you think about it, it's going to trigger a different kind of feeling. So feelings cannot be trusted because feelings can easily be influenced. And Satan is the God of this world. And we contact this natural world with our five senses, with our five physical senses. So Satan will see to it that he gets into you, that he tries to corrupt you based on this, through these five senses. And that's why Romans chapter 8 was telling us that in verse 5 to 7, I really like this. It was saying, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, to the spirit. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. And all of this was to say that, and I changed the word there that says flesh and minds of the things of flesh. I said for those who live according to their feelings, will always set their minds on how they feel or on their feelings. But those who live according to the spirit, I will know that the word of God is spirit. Therefore, we can read this as, but those who live according to the word of God, the things of the word of God. For to be carnally minded or to be feeling minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Or for to be Feeling minded is death, but to be spiritually minded or to be the word of God minded is life and peace. That's what we were trying to establish in the last episode. And we say this is because in verse seven, it says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be and also it says in verse 8 so so then they that are in the flesh cannot please god that's what it's telling us so with all of this in mind um how do we move forward uh just to quickly recap an another thing to mention to to reiterate uh, we say that in this, as we're driving on this highway called life, we have two options. We can either drive our car in the gear of the feelings and follow the GPS of our feelings, or we can choose to drive our car in the gear of the spirit and follow the GPS of the spirit. As human beings, specifically Christian believers who have a born again spirit, we can be rest assured that choosing to drive our car in the gear of the Spirit and following the GPS of the Spirit, that this is the most guaranteed way to reach our destiny. Because the gear of the Spirit and the GPS of the Spirit is what God uses to guide us in this journey called life. That's what we established. So I want to take the next couple of minutes to introduce the subject of this 
checklist and then we will build up from here. So the first checklist, I already believe we've gone through so many checklists already, but the this, you know, the kind of the first full checklist, the first checklist that I want us to look into, that I want us to look at, I'm going to first give you the checklist and then in the next probably two or three episodes, we'll come back and touch on every item on this checklist. But the first checklist is what I call the seven muscles of Christianity. The seven muscles of Christianity. These are the fundamentals of the Christian faith. If you're not exercising all seven of these muscles, like an athlete, you won't be performing at your peak potential. As Christians, we all have a spiritual potential. And in fact, the whole Christian walk is about our three spiritual coaches, our heavenly Abba Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit training us to run the race and to finish the race. Every Christian, for every Christian to perform at their peak potential or peak capability, at their peak spiritual potential, I should add, or their peak spiritual capability, all Christians must exercise these seven muscles. These are the seven key spiritual muscles that you need. All Christians, just to reiterate, we all have a spiritual potential. And in fact, the whole Christian walk is about our three spiritual coaches, our Heavenly Abba Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit training us to run the race and to finish the race. So we have seven key spiritual muscles that we have to exercise in order to perform at our spiritual potential. Now, these are the seven muscles of Christianity. I'll quickly go through them and then we'll spend the next couple of episodes really diving into every one of them. Okay, the first one, muscle number one, the word of God. Muscle number two, prayer. Muscle number three, meditation. Muscle number four, confession. Muscle number five, praise, worship, and thanksgiving. Muscle number six, generosity. Muscle number seven, remembrance. So, the seven masses of Christianity are, I'm just going to repeat them, the Word of God, prayer, meditation, confession, praise, worship, and thanksgiving, generosity, and remembrance. And in case you're wondering, the Lord Jesus Christ exercised and exempted all seven of these muscles. 
You see, Jesus knew the word of God. And as his custom was, he woke up way before the uh, day and prayed. He always meditated. Because he always said, as I hear, I judge. He also said, the son can do nothing apart from the father. And also, the ministry, the success of his ministry while he was here on earth is evidence that he exercised this muscle of meditation because Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, meditate in this book of the law and then you will have good success. So from the evidence of the success of his ministry, of his ministry and based on that scripture, we can agree that he meditated as well. Now, Jesus always confessed the word. When he was tempted, he counted every temptation by saying, it is written. He spoke, confession is speaking. So he always confessed the word of God. It is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus walked around speaking to things, speaking to things. He spoke to the fig tree, he spoke to storms, he spoke to sickness, disease, and pain. He spoke to dead people. He spoke to everything. So he always confessed the word. Jesus praised, worshiped, and gave thanks to the Father. In fact, in some instances when, as, as scripture tells us, when he, before he would perform these miracles, it says he blessed it and gave thanks and said. So he praised, worshipped, and gave thanks. He was generous and compassionate. He was generous and compassionate. A lot of people think Jesus was actually a giver when he walked on the surface of the earth. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 tells us that. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. The Greek word there that talks about doing good also means uh, ministering his substance. So Jesus was generous. He gave. He was generous and compassionate. So he exercised that muscle as well. And then he exercised the muscle of remembrance. In fact, one of the things that he told us when he, um, one of the things that we read one of the things he said when at the, at, the, at the Lord's Supper, that covenant meal, um, he said, do this in remembrance of me. Now, Jesus remembered his mission. He remembered his purpose. He remembered where he came from, who he was. 
he always remembered. Remembrance is a muscle that we shall get into, but I think people tend to ignore it. So those are the seven masters of Christianity, and we can see that the Lord Jesus also exercised them. And so we shall spend the next couple of episodes talking about how all of these work together. Thanks for tuning in and see you on the next episode. This was episode four of the Christian Checklist. In the next episode, we'll continue exploring the seven muscles of Christianity. Which spiritual muscles should we as Christian believers routinely exercise in our believers' walk of faith. Your host for today was Calvin Cabanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. It's a hard road to heaven We call on your blessings In the Father we put our faith King of the kingdom Our demons are trembling Holy angels defending In the Father we put our faith the greatest in my bed under covers when undercovers had raided my presence is happy belated fashionably late i'm just glad that you made it the best is yet to come i'm just glad that you waited they all say they're real till it's time to appraise it i seen them come and go you only the latest but who am i to judge i'm crooked as vegas use this gospel for protection it's a hard road to heaven We call on your blessings In the Father we put our faith King of the kingdom Our demons are trembling Holy angels defending In the Father we put our faith A lot of damaged souls, I done damaged those And then my arrogance took a camera pose with a trunk of Barry Manilow's They sing a different tune when the slammer close From the concrete grew a rose They give you rape talk, I give you faith talk Blindfolded on this road, watch me faith walk Just hold on to your brother when his faith lost mm -hmm.